Mario Jerez. What's up, people? Welcome in to another episode of Pal's Kitchen. This is episode number two. I am your host, Mario Jerez, back to talk some more Pelicans basketball. And we have a lot we could talk about today. Definitely want to get into kind of the state of the team coming out of All-Star Weekend. I'll give you my reasonable expectations, what I want to see from the team for the rest of the season. And you don't have to agree with me. Opinions are just that. But I'm really happy to see that some of these opinions will finally get dispelled or proven right in the next few weeks. So we'll talk state of the team. We'll talk a little bit of Zion Williamson as well. He's at least playing at this point in the year, which is a really good thing. And I want to talk a little bit about individual expectations for him going forward. Also need to get into this Dyson Daniels injury that's been a key player this season. I want to talk about how him going down affects the rest of the rotation. And as always, we'll go over some stats of interest towards the end of the show. What stats are telling the story of this basketball team right now? All of that coming up on today's episode of Pell's Kitchen. All right, so we are 55 games into the season. As it stands at the time of this recording, the Pelicans sitting at 33-22, and 22, sixth place in the Western Conference. They have won their last three games, three-game winning streak, and they're 7-1 and one in their last eight games. Coming out of the break, they'll start a homestand against the Rockets on Wednesday, the Heat on Friday, and the Bulls on Sunday. So for me, what are the general vibes coming out of the All-Star break? What are my expectations for this team the rest of the way? Well, before we get into opinions, let me state the facts. The facts are that this is the first time since 2009 that the Pelicans have been 10 games or more over 500 at this point in the season, right? The all-star break. Going with more recent trends, this is the first time they're in the top six of the Western Conference since the play-in was introduced up, what was that, five years ago? four years ago during COVID back in 2020. So as of now, you're avoiding the play-in tournament, which is what you want when you get to the end of the regular season. And something else that I noticed hasn't really been uh, displayed very much or in very many places, the Pelicans coming out of the All-Star break are first place in the Southwest Division. They're leading the division, and that doesn't really have too many ramifications in the NBA, but the Pelicans have only done that once in their entire existence. In 2008, the best season in the history of the team, they won the division. And they actually put a banner up in the Smoothie King Center. For a while, that was the only quote-unquote championship banner in the arena. They've since taken it down, which I kind of get. But winning the division would be kind of cool, at least for me personally, as a lifelong Pelicans fan. But despite all of that, it kind of feels like something is missing. It, It kind of feels like they're capable of playing better basketball. And this goes beyond a feeling. There's a lot of numbers to support that the Pelicans' starting lineup has not been very good. There's a lot of numbers to support that the rotations that the Pelicans are using right now are not going to be effective in the playoffs. But there's also a lot of good on this team. There's a lot of good that might not show itself until the playoffs. And all the people hating on the Pelicans could still be wrong. But... That's why the next few weeks and the next few months are so exciting. There's a lot of good ingredients. There's a lot of concerns. And it's up to this coaching staff and up to these players to figure it out and hopefully make a playoff run. That being said, I want to go over my biggest concerns for the rest of the season and what gives me the most hope going forward for the Pelicans. So if you're a glass half full guy or gal, you'll have some ammo. If you're a glass half empty man or woman, you'll have some ammo as well. So what are my biggest concerns with this team? 
I think that this team is guilty of what I call getting lost in the sauce sometimes when these games slow down. What I mean by that is the Pelicans will build these big leads sometimes, but then just start doing uncharacteristic things, putting out really bad lineups, having these live ball turnovers that they usually don't have when things are going well. And just in general, the Pelicans doing more to lose some of these games than the opponent does to achieve victory. And I get that it's basketball. It's professional basketball. Teams aren't just going to lay down and die so you can blow them out. But I think based on what we've seen, the Pelicans need to show a little bit more composure when teams are making runs in the second half of games. And some of that's coaching. Some of that is execution, especially on your best two players in Zion and B.I. But as a team, the Pelicans need to improve their composure. They need to stop getting lost in the sauce against better competition. We saw that recently against the Celtics before the All-Star break. We saw it a couple games against the Memphis Grizzlies when John Morant was still playing. And that's just off the top of my head. So that, that is definitely something that needs to improve. Another concern that I have is the rotations on this team put out by Willie Green, how they're utilizing certain guys and not playing other guys, and just the fit of different skill sets on this roster, especially when you talk about the starting five and especially when you talk about it being in a playoff setting. Like, I think everybody on the team brings something. The Pelicans aren't putting out bad basketball players. There are no Solomon Hills on this team. There are no Nico Mellies on this team. I don't mean to go after those guys, but you know what I mean. They've done a great job building this roster, but I don't know if, if kind of how the rotations are structured right now, if it can be effective in a playoff series. Like, look at the starting five. You don't have very many good defenders, although Herb is one of the best, and you don't have too much shooting. Like, that's just common sense, and the numbers play it out. Like, if you look at the net ratings of every single starting five in the NBA, the Pelicans are the worst, and it's not even close. Like, it is not even close, and I love all those players. I think all of those players bring something, but maybe not all on the court at the same time when you talk about the starting five. Maybe Willie thinks about maybe altering that somehow. And I don't know how that looks. I don't know if that means putting in Trey Murphy. I don't know if that means taking out Jonas Valanciunas. But despite the team's record and despite good individual statistics, the stats over a pretty big sample size tell us that the starters just haven't been that good. And as we start talking about the bench and the rotation, that might need to change a little bit just as well. More on that in a little bit. But I should point out that the Pelicans are 18 and 14 against teams that are over 500, teams that have a winning record. But those stats are a little bit misleading because like I was saying a minute ago, some of those losses, some of those 14 losses were really bad and very easily could have been wins. And this is something that's still playing out. Maybe the Pelicans will show better composure down the road here at the end of the season and going into the playoffs. But the rotations are a concern. The starters are a concern. And I'm curious to see how this plays out in the next few weeks and whether or not Willie Green wants to make any changes. So those are valid concerns, the starting lineup, the rotations. And the last kind of big concern that I have, or something that has disappointed me, I should say, is the down year we've seen so far from Trey Murphy. You could argue the stunted development we've seen from Trey Murphy this year. And maybe this is more of an unpopular opinion. Maybe I was higher on Trey than a lot of people coming into the year, but... For me, this was supposed to be when he kind of exploded onto the scene. I've loved Trey Murphy as a player and his potential since he came out. And at first, he was a little raw. I still complained about him not playing enough, but he was a little bit raw when he came into the NBA 
We knew he was a really good shooter. We knew he had length, but he had to refine the rest of his game. And in his first two seasons in the NBA, I thought he really did that. You saw him really take the coaching, improve his game, and become so much more than a shooter. He, he His off-the-dribble game towards the end of last year was really good. He was much improved on defense and rebounding the basketball. And this was supposed to be a contract year for him. I thought he would come in, have his best season of his career, and collect the bag from the Pelicans over the offseason. But it doesn't look like that's going to happen. And we'll talk about how Trey can still get there, how he can still take the Pelicans, he himself, to the next level in the playoffs. But a combination of injuries and him not being able to acclimate himself coming out of those injuries has resulted in kind of a down season for him so far. And maybe he'll get it going a little bit here in the last few months, but I was just expecting so much more from Trey this year, fair or unfair. And that makes me a little sad. If you talk to national reporters around the league coming into the season, some people shared my opinion. I remember Matt Moore of the Action Network saying that he thought Trey Murphy was the second best Pelican on the team coming into this year. And I don't remember if he said he was better than Zion or better than Brandon Ingram, but some people outside of New Orleans have that opinion. That's how highly people think of Trey Murphy and his potential, but just hasn't been meant to be this year. And I hope that he can get it going towards the end, because if not, that will be a concern for the Pelicans going into the playoffs. But we'll talk a little bit more about Trey with some stats towards the end of the show when I talk about uh, stats of interest. But we just went over my concerns. Now let's talk a little bit about what gives me hope for the Pelicans going forward. The first thing that gives me hope is the depth that this team has. Like I said, you might have to shrink the rotation a little bit. You might need to shake up the starting lineup potentially. But it still holds true that the depth of the team can be a huge advantage in the playoffs. And that 100% depends on who you play. That 100% depends on the matchup. But against certain teams that are not as top-heavy, a guy like Alvarado, a guy like Trey Murphy, a guy like Jordan Hawkins, if he ever gets in the freaking game, can really swing a game or even swing a series in your favor. Like the second line, the depth, I know a lot of people say that's only a regular season perk, but there are scenarios where that can help you a lot in the playoffs. It did against the Suns a couple of years ago. So there are valid concerns with the starters and with the big three of Zion, B.I., and C.J., but I still love what this bench has to offer, and the depth of this team can definitely be a strength in the postseason. Another thing that gives me hope is the health that we've seen so far. I didn't want to lead with that because it'd be too cliché. But Zion's finally out there. B.I. has been out there for most of the games. And the big three has finally been able to develop some chemistry. I think we've seen individual greatness out of B.I., out of Zion, and out of C.J. McCollum at times. But they just need to develop a little bit more cohesiveness before the playoffs. All three of those guys are capable of taking games over. And now all three of them will hopefully be be capable of playing within the framework of this team and giving this team the best chance to win. That's a very thin line to kind of toe, but none of what happened in the regular season ultimately will matter. It's all going to be about the playoffs, and that's how that trio will be judged. If they don't perform well, we might not see any more of that trio. Is that a hot take? I don't know. But like I said, it's very exciting that we could at least finally see that. And that wouldn't be possible without the help this team has had. I don't know if those three guys are really like that, but I know we're fixing to hopefully find out. And that's a very exciting thing. So health, definitely something to give you hope going forward if you're a Pelicans fan. 
And lastly, something a little bit more basketball-centric here. The last thing that gives me hope is that the Pelicans play defense. They may not have an identity on offense yet. That big three of CJ, Zion, B.I. may still be finding their way. But the Pelicans play good defense. They do so consistently. And that's going to at least give you a shot in the playoffs. I think that the stats should be mentioned here. Because, again, just like with the starters, it's a big sample size. And so far, 55 games into the season, the Pelicans ranked 7th in the NBA in points allowed per 100 possessions. That's defensive efficiency. So you're 7th in defensive efficiency. You're 6th in opponent's field goal percentage. You're 2nd in steals and 5th in deflections. So this team consistently plays good defense every single night. They play good team defense. They play good individual defense. When you talk about Dyson Daniels and Herb Jones, maybe need a little bit more out of Zion and Brandon Ingram specifically on that end. But as a team, they've been good on defense. And like I said, you may not have that identity offensively yet, but Willie Green, his staff, they do an excellent job on the defensive side of the floor. And that's something I expect to continue going into the postseason. So those are my biggest concerns. Those are some things that I think should give you hope as a Pelicans fan. Tell me what you think. You could tweet me at Mario underscore E underscore Jerez at any time. So I teased it a little bit in the beginning there. As we move on to the next topic, I want to talk about Dyson Daniels and the injury he suffered. Uh, he had successful surgery on his knee last week, and the team says he'll be reevaluated in about four weeks. So how does this injury affect the Pelicans? Um, it definitely affects them negatively on defense. Uh, Dyson's been awesome on that side of the floor. If you look at his statistics, not too gaudy on offense, 5.5 points per game, 3.7 rebounds, and 2.6 assists per game. But where he's made his money is on defense, and he has been really good on that end. 1.4 steals per game, ranks 7th in the NBA in total steals with 72, and 8th in the NBA in deflections with 142. So he hasn't played bad. I can't really say too much bad about Dyson Daniels. Maybe you can critique his offense a little bit, but I still don't think this is the worst thing for the Pelicans in the short term. You still have Herb Jones as a starter. You still have Najee Marshall, who has somewhat of a similar skill set as Dyson. That might be a little bit disrespectful because Dyson is better on defense, but Najee at least gives you some length. He's shot the ball a little bit better this season, and he's somebody who, if you're going to play Dyson Daniels, you can plug him into a lot of scenarios, I think, and be perfectly fine. The question I ask is, who is this going to open the door for? Who's going to play more that maybe would not have played uh, had Dyson Daniels stayed stayed healthy and we still haven't seen too much Jordan Hawkins unfortunately I think that's going to be something that continues like the the stats show that when he's in the game those lineups don't perform very well I get that and that's what people always point to when we have this debate but my response to that will be if you play him they'll improve if you play him they are going to improve I promise you and if you play him in the playoffs it would look a lot better than those stats that you're looking at in the regular season because I think he would really thrive with some of these lineups that he's just not getting a chance to thrive in. And when, whenever Dyson first went down, I thought maybe that would open the door up for Hawk, but doesn't look like that's going to happen. Since Dyson went down, Jordan played two minutes against the Clippers, three minutes against the Lakers, and 14 minutes against the Trailblazers. Like, still not, still not seeing very much, right? But... Alas, it is what it is. We'll talk a lot more Jordan Hawkins as this post, as this uh, podcast goes. 
But it looks like he's still going to ride the bench a lot, unfortunately. However, Jose Alvarado has played a lot more, and I think that is a positive. I think people really forget how big he was in that playoff series against the Suns a couple of years ago. Like, Jose definitely is what he is. He's scrappy. You know he's going to guard you all 92 feet for all 48 minutes. But his offense, too, I think is a little bit underrated. And I know the numbers don't look good this year, but he hasn't been out there. I think he's somebody who's really going to thrive with more minutes and somebody who's going to benefit from Dyson being out of the rotation. And like I said, don't take this as me saying Dyson Daniels being injured is a good thing. He's been good when he's been out there. Maybe sometimes I'd prefer someone like Hawkins is in the game and not Dyson, but the stats are good, and that's hard to dispel when he's been in there. But hopefully Jose benefits from the added minutes, and hopefully this is still kind of a net plus for the Pelicans. He should be back in time for the playoffs. It looks like he will be, but... He might mess around and lose his spot. If some of these rotations are good when Dyson's not in the lineup, maybe Willie sticks with those going into the playoffs. But either way, hope Dyson Daniels gets well soon, and hopefully the Pelicans can weather his injury. All right. All that being said, let's get into the final segment of today's show. We do it every show. It is Stats of Interest. And the first one I want to go over today has to do with Trey Murphy. We talked about him a little bit at the beginning of the show, but I'm of the belief that Trey Murphy is the X factor for the New Orleans Pelicans the rest of the season and in a potential playoff series. Shout out to Chris Dodson of Clutch Points for the stats that I'm about to give you. When Trey Murphy has multiple assists this season, two assists or more, the Pelicans are 11-1. and When Trey Murphy finishes with a positive plus-minus this season, the Pelicans are 16-2. and Like, again, big sample size, pretty black and white. If Trey Murphy plays and plays just decent, the Pelicans usually win. And like I said at the beginning of the show, it's just unfortunate circumstances for Trey coming into this year. The injury happened. He's had a lot of trouble getting his legs out from under him. And a lot of it, honestly, is just on him. Like, he just has not played very well. A lot of the times on defense more than offense, but it just hasn't looked like I expected it to look, fair or unfair. But when he plays well and when he does play heavy minutes, the Pelicans usually win. And there have been little moments throughout the year. Like, he went off in that game against uh, Cleveland back in December. He had a good effort against Portland a couple of weeks ago, 28 points on 6-10 from the three-point line. But... I need that Trey Murphy moment. I need that 30 to 40 point game to spark him. Like that game against the Lakers did a couple years ago. Or like that game against the Clippers in LA did last year. Do y'all remember how good Trey Murphy was playing the last two weeks of the regular season? Like he was arguably the best shooter in the NBA at that time. And if you couple that with his off the dribble game that we haven't seen too much this season and his improved defense, which again, we just have not seen too much this season, this team can go very far. And I believe that that Trey Murphy is still in there somewhere. He's still in there somewhere. And we really need him to come out uh, sometime in these next few months. We really need him to get it going. The Pelicans are a different team when he does. Unfortunately, we haven't seen very much of that so far. But if Trey Murphy can become the old Trey Murphy again, this team becomes infinitely more dangerous. And that's why I think that Trey Murphy is the X factor for the Pelicans the rest of the way. Second stat of interest has to do with one Zion Williamson. 
And in the last 13 games going into the All-Star break, Zion putting up 24 points, 4.5 rebounds, and 5.4 assists per game. In that time, he's shooting 59% from the floor. Those are pretty good numbers. Uh, still career low numbers for Zion when you look at points per game and and other statistics. But I think he's been pretty good. I, I'm really pleased with what I've seen out of Zion so far. He's had some moments where he's looked disgruntled, but I think he's been very unselfish this season. He's done everything that the team has asked of him to do. And frankly, it's just nice to see him out there. It is so nice to finally see him out there. We've spent so much time talking about what can this team look like. We're starting to figure that out just a little bit, and we're really going to start to figure that out in the coming weeks and months when Zion, hopefully knocking on all the wood in the world, gets ready for his first playoff series. That's a very exciting thought, and he hasn't been perfect. There are a lot of things that he can improve on, but I I really like Zion's game, and I like his attitude. You can tell that this guy has gone through a lot mentally. Like, you can tell. But I think that this season, it hasn't been perfect, but he looks happy, and it's reflecting in his play. And I think there was an important moment in the game against the Wizards. The Pelicans blew the Wizards out in their last game before the All-Star break, but I'll give props to uh, Terry Kimball, who works with uh, Sports Illustrated, who tweeted out that Zion, with five minutes left in the game, denied a substitution from Willie Green. Like, the game was close. It was tied at that point. And if you remember, the game was getting a little chippy. Larry Nance had gotten into it with Landry Shamit. And the Pelicans, you can tell, were playing with a little more pep in their step compared to the beginning of the game. And there was a moment with five minutes left in the game where Larry Nance was at the scorer's table, and he was getting ready to check in for Zion, but Zion quite literally shooed him away. And they didn't show this on the TV broadcast. I'm not sure if uh, Todd Graffinini talked about it on the radio broadcast, but that to me is a big deal. Like, Zion not only has the conditioning necessary to stay in the game, but the mindset. Do y'all remember that press conference, the cringeworthy press conference that CJ McCollum had to sit down with Zion and talk to him about after he did it, where he said he didn't feel like Zion? That's not. That's why he wasn't out there towards the end of last season. Well, he feels like Zion now. He does, and that's nice. That's a really good thing. Not just him being healthy enough to want to stay in the game in that situation, but the want to the mentality, the wanting to win and push yourself for for your team. And that might sound basic, like some of you are probably shaking your head right now, like this is something he should do all the time, right? But fair or unfair, you are seeing progress with Zion. And that makes me so excited as a Pelicans fan. So the number's decent, not great, but I think they can get there towards the end. And Zion is just out there. He looks happy. It's reflecting in his play and hopefully it reflects even more at the end of the season and going into the playoffs. So we discussed Trey. We discussed Zion. My final stat of interest has to do with Herb Jones. Herb Jones is having an awesome season and I'm so proud of his development because this is somebody who last season really struggled with his shot, especially at the beginning of the season. And teams were guarding him disrespectfully. Like teams were just leaving him open this year they can no longer leave him open. Because if you do, he is going to burn you from the three-point line. And you had to shout out Herb. You had to shout out Fred Vincent, who has done this time and time again, has just turned bad shooters into great shooters. You're seeing that again with Herb Jones. Three-point percentage this year is at 40%. He's at 40%, man. 
on 3.5 attempts per game, up from 2.5 last year and 2.2 in his rookie season. That is awesome. Like in any walk of life, that is great. Like somebody's bad at something, they suffer, but they put their head down, they work, they work, they work, and now they don't suck anymore. And if you combine that with what Herb does on defense, you have yourself a hell of a player here, and you have yourself a hell of a bargain in that contract extension you gave him. Like, if I'm Herb, I may be even a little bit pissed because you maybe left some money on the table. But it's great that he was hungry to stay with the team. It's great that the team was proactive and did that. And it's reaping the benefits now, man. He's at 11 points per game, which is at a career high. The defense is awesome. But that three-point clip, man, that is that is great. Like, that's almost offset Trey Murphy not playing and not being effective the way we were talking about a few minutes ago. But... Herb is one of my favorite players in the NBA and probably would be even if I wasn't a Pelicans fan. So definitely wanted to give Herb some love in today's stats of interest. All right, that'll pretty much do it for today's show. If you have any thoughts on anything I said, you can always tweet me at Mario underscore E underscore Jerez. Always down to talk Pelicans basketball. Really enjoyed doing that today. Like I said, this week the Pelicans have the Rockets, the Heat, and the Bulls coming up inside of the Smoothie King Center. And on the next show, we will recap those games and we'll talk some more Pelicans basketball. As always, I'm Mario Jerez. Thanks for listening to Pal's Kitchen.